2: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, let's get the inside scoop on the Celtics. It's Scal time Brian Scalabrini on and Fourier. Brought to you by Shaw's, perfecting the art of fresh.
1: Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is Brian Scalabrini. Scal's here with uh, Lou, Christian, and Mego. Scal, how you doing, pal? Everything good? Obviously, you're enjoying right. this run, huh?
3: Of course. But I want to ask you guys, yeah. did any of you guys listen to me and Perk on the broadcast? Did yes! yes. Like it? Scal, <laughs> hold on. Scal, my first question is, what was Perk getting on you about those Paul Pierce cuts that you were talking about? We all know what you were trying oh, to say wow. with those Paul Pierce backdoor cuts to the Met. Oh, well, yeah. Well, there's a – so there's two we'll, – we'll talk about the two types of cuts, right? One is the Pierce cut where he, like, goes from the wing and then they throw it over the top and he gets the layup. It was like – by the, that, like, never happened before Paul Pierce did it. So they actually – the NBA – when people talk about, let's do a Pierce cut, they, they refer to it as that cut. And then did you hear Perk talking about the whack bodies? And, you know, like, the whack bodies are the guys in the NBA. Like, like – people look at me and Perk and be like, wow, those guys are not athletic and they're not this and that. But like, you know, we're, we're, we worked really hard, but we never could get a six pack. So Perk calls us whack bodies and he calls Pierce a whack body. So, that was talking about being so, all no cut up as well, so No <laughs> muscle definition. No
1: muscle definition whatsoever. What I want to know, Scout. is... there might there might be football
3: players like that, right? They work their tails off, no matter what, but they just don't get cut up. We've all seen Tom Brady beach
2: pictures. He doesn't have a six pack. He's the greatest football player in the world.
1: Hey, Scal, By the end of that game, uh, did Perk was he, say, well, name, was, was he able to say that kid's name? Was it Pokashevsky? Was he able to say that kid's name after Goku. that game? No, no, no. <laughs> it takes it takes Perk like Perk
3: said. It takes him like a year. Before he could say a person's name, but I think I think what he he just gets nervous about it. But I mean, it's not hard. Pokushevski, that's easy. Poka, It's not right. that hard. But right, purges, I think he gets nervous. You know what? I'm I'm kind of like that too. When like people come up to me and ask me for autographs and they want me to spell their names. And they're like, my name is Mike, and I'm like so nervous. Spelling Mike, Mike, like M-I-K-E, Mike.
0: No, the key <laughs> oh, would be it's like, it's like it's like you know Brian. Okay, is there's a bunch of you
1: know two ways Wise, to spell Brian? eyes involved? You know? Hey John, yeah, yeah. hey, so, so let me ask you because I know every time we talk to you, you always say like I want to see the matchups, right? And I, and I know that's that's very very important. I think Grandia, they just what we're watching right now is just insanity from this Celtics team right now. How, how would you describe it? And is your is the the ceiling of this team changing, in your opinion?
3: I mean, I always thought that they were in the conversation. I mean, hold on. Not not at the beginning. I was planning my vacation, you know, like in April. (laughs) At the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, man. Hope we can make the play-in game. But, but, uh, no, I mean, I always thought that when the season started, I thought we'd be in the conversation to, you know, get to the point where we could, you know, like we could compete with, I I thought the Phillies, the Miamis. Like, I still – Now, look at Milwaukee, and I've never wavered on this. Milwaukee is a tough matchup for us. I know we've had success against them, but I just worry about their physicality. But outside of Milwaukee, and let's say, you know, Brooklyn beats Milwaukee in the first round and we're playing Brooklyn, I like our chances against everybody else in the NBA. And I think that's where, like, the ceiling has changed. But I I, I wish I did. Like, I wish I liked us against Milwaukee. I thought, I wish I, like, I can look at what we do and be like, yes, we're going to be able to. Continue our defensive dominance against you know Giannis and the physicality of them, and then offensively going to get what we want because of our ball movement. But like they're just really good. But outside of them, Brooklyn they got question marks with their whole Ben Simmons Kyrie thing. You know I don't think Philly's is good, even though I thought they would be a lot better. Miami's tough, but I like that matchup against us. So I think our ceiling has climbed to the point that I think we're better than all those teams in the Eastern Conference. But I don't. I just. It's really hard for me, in my mind, as tough as Milwaukee is and the levels that they can go to, to look at that and say, like, oh, yeah, we're going to beat that team for sure.
0: So, Scal, so J.D. Redick um, was quoted, I'm paraphrasing here, that one of the issues that would plague the Celtics, in his words, is that they don't have a high-volume knockdown shooter, three-point shooter. Now, can you give me an example? First of all, explain what that is and if the Celtics actually have one.
3: No, but, but you can do it one of two ways, right? Like, you can have guys like J.J. Redick that you run plays for, guys that, like, fly off screens and yeah. knock down shots. But you can also do it the way the Celtics are doing it right now, which which is team basketball. So I don't think, like, you, where, where J.J. Reddick is right, they don't have a guy that can, like, you know, a Kyle Corver type, a Ray yeah. Allen type, a, a J.J. Reddick type. But that's not a the specialist. way that they play. Yeah, they don't have guys like that. They have, like... Peyton Pritchard just made 12 of 13 for a little stretch here on this uh, West Coast swing. So they just have guys that well, if you move the ball, they're all catch and shoot guys. Grant Williams was leading or maybe still is leading the NBA in corner threes, right? So they have guys, which I, I personally would rather have the defensive versatility that the, our team has all the way across the board. If you can't guard, you can't play. I'd rather have that and Continue to talk about the spacing that I've been talking about for uh, for about a couple months now, and, and the ball movement. I'll take the knockdown shooters with that. I don't need guys flying off of screens and being able to to catch and shoot at that high of a level to be a championship level team. So I'm not on. I'm not necessarily on that. Scal, you mentioned Peyton Pritchard. He went five for five against the Nuggets shooting, and four for four against the Kings, and then had another great night after that shooting against OKC. Is there something that he's changed behind the scenes, or something that Eme has changed with him to kind of open him up for more minutes in these games and have such a higher production? Yeah. So one thing is the Dennis Schroeder trade, right? It opened up the floor for him, and you got to remember he's a young player. You know, and he came into the league and he elbowed him, himself into that lineup and, and created a little spot for himself, and he sort of lost all that. And sometimes, as young players, when the bottom falls out underneath you. Uh, you get, like, you get you know, d- discouraged or depressed or, you know, like you start questioning, are you an NBA player and all these other things that are very normal for any player that loses like an opportunity. But the one thing about uh, Peyton is he works. And everyone would tell you he's in the gym early, getting his shots after practice, comes back at night. So he's always working, right? So when you, when you have all that work and that's your base, and according to Ime and all the coaching staff, he never wavered. When, when Dennis Schroeder came in, it was taking his minutes and he was playing like five minutes and he would look bad at times still in the gym early after practice, coming back at night, he never wavered from the work. So when you finally do start to play, it means a lot to you. You know, like he, he's he stuck with his, his ideas. Like I'm going to find all the answers I need in the work. And when he's getting an opportunity, those people were like, I think when I talk to Peyton Pritchard, like to me, I, I meet a lot of players in the NBA. When I talk to him, Basketball means it's nothing more important in the world than basketball, nothing more important than playing, nothing more important than competing and playing well and, and, and winning. It's like life or death when I talk to him. I, I could see it in his eyes. I could see it. I could hear it in his voice. I think it's really different the way that he sees this game. And from all of his journey, if you read any of the background, background stories about him and how he grew up playing all the time and how he was pushed and everything like that, this means a lot to him. When you find guys like that, Typically, when they get their chance, there is some good things are going to come out of it, and that's what's happening
1: right now. Talking to Brian Scalabrine in your Harbor One Hotline, and Scal, you know, we've talked a lot about this team. We've talked a lot about Ime Odoka playing himself uh, into the Coach of the Year conversation, but we very rarely, I don't think, give enough credit to Brad Stevens. We were talking about this before the season, before the show, like year one, general manager in this league, and I don't know how you can't say A plus with what he's done and just putting a team together that fits, and obviously Ime playing a role in that as well.
3: Yeah. So, you know, a big part of what Brad did is so he went out there and he did some things, like let's say the, the Schroeder, and then he made, a, he made that trade to get Josh Richardson. He made the Al Horford trade, right? And I think like what's important and part of being really good at this job is understanding what works and understanding what does not work. And I thought he figured this out like before the trade deadline and even give him a lot of credit when when the team was playing well and Josh Richardson was playing well, he still went out there and gave up his first-round pick to get Derek White, and he knew like Derek White's not not shooting the ball extremely well right now, but look at the way he plays and the fit. He understood that if you got rid of Schroeder, I'm gonna I believe in Peyton Pritchard, and now you saw the play. So part of I also I really believe like part of having experience is also understanding. Well, I tried something and it didn't work. Let me try something else, and I think there's always ways to look to improve the team. And how about you know, the world asking um, the Celtics to trade Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Like, you know, like, how, how I, whoever said that looks like a, like a bunch of idiots right now. Look how good these guys are playing. So, But he believes in all of his experience of being a coach and being around guys and everything. He knows what he believes in, and, and he had an idea of how this team was going to grow into a championship-level team. And sometimes just seeing things through, is next level, you know, being a next level GM and understanding. Like, I believe in – and he's never wavered. We believe in these two guys and what they could become. So you guys could could say it's not going to work and everyone could say it's not going to work, but I know what I believe in. Eventually, if I just put the right people around, Jalen and Jason, then this thing is going to work out.
0: All right, last one real quick uh, because we have this uh, Celtics fan – uh, coming on right after you uh who got a okay. uh who I don't know if you saw it right it was all over Twitter he got a uh, Boston Celtics 2022 world Champions tattoo on his arm big Thing one is huge <laughs> huge big so one. so before he comes on smart move dumb move <laughs>
3: So it says. So it's a smart please, move if you think they're going to win. It's how a dumb. Big is the two? It's big. How big
0: is the it's, two? It's, it's, Could it be changed to a three or a oh, four? Oh, there's room. There's like, room for him to scratch out the two and put a three. Yeah, yes, yeah. There, there is room. There's plenty. There's room.
3: <laughs> uh, how about it's like a it's like a good it's like a solid move. How about it's not okay. a I don't think it's dumb. It's not dumb. But whoa, well, nobody said I mean, dumb. It's I dumb. Oh, Even okay. if they didn't win. I said, it's like <laughs> – I don't know about it, no. It's solid. They have a good chance. Listen, it's just tell him you better pray for that Milwaukee-Brooklyn uh, first-round matchup. And okay. It might look like a smart move. I'm telling you guys, and we're going to talk throughout. It's all – like this is going to be really interesting the next two weeks and seeing what teams do to, like, position themselves to either, A, avoid Milwaukee or Brooklyn, yep. or some teams are saying, we don't care, we'll play them whenever. I don't know. I just don't feel like this is just the media side of me, not any of the coaches or GMs or players. I don't think it's smart to open up against Brooklyn only to win that series and play Milwaukee. I don't – I just – I pray – I'll pray for a lot of things. I pray that that is not the playoff run of the Boston Celtics. No,
1: I didn't see Brooklyn play Milwaukee. Get rid of one of them right away. I think that's the best way to go. There you go. All right, Scott. Listen, man, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Enjoy. Enjoy. It's a lot of fun. All right.